Good evening guys, this is Julie, Julie and the Red Jeep Girl, and I'm happy to be back. Uh, I actually recorded last week, and of all the things, I don't know if it was the snowstorm or what, my cat was really riled up, and for the first time in about three years, she hopped up on my laptop and caused a multitude of issues. So now that my computer is fixed again, I didn't lose the recording, but it did cut part of it out. And so I was just like, uh, I'll just, I will just record. I'll re-record. Re so in hindsight, I, I started the process before the snowstorm, uh, that occurred here in Oklahoma. And I'm going to talk about the weather and, and what we did during it here in a sec. But um, what I'm going to talk about tonight mainly is the detailing I've done on my car. And, um, and the process I took, the route I took. Now, not everyone has to do it like this. Not everyone has the same tools. Um, but detailing your car at home is doable provided you have the tools to do so. And they can be very minor or you can go as fancy as you want. I decided for my birthday present to myself, I got a carpet extractor. And a friend surprised me with a set of drill brushes for my birthday. Thank you, Jonah. And let me tell you... Having a drill with a drill brush knocks out so much time on cleaning the upholstery in your car if it is not leather or you do not have a vinyl floor in your car. Um, I, I just, I will continue to rave about drill brushes until the end of time probably. So my biggest error that I made though was I took the seats out I think I used like a 15 or a 17 millimeter to get the bolts off of the car of the car seats and I uh I noticed I didn't think about it in hindsight but I went immediately into working on the seats while they were inside the house and I thought I was going to have at least one more day to do the interior before the storm hit. And I did not. And in hindsight, if you know you have weather coming and you, can, and you don't need your car for several days and you can do this, um, do the interior floorboard of your car first and then do your seats and put them back. Because if I had done that, I could have gotten my car in... Uh, inside our shop and out of the elements and unfortunately that did not happen and it did cause a little bit of mold to set up in my car because I did not know that a window had like a door wasn't shut entirely and so ice and snow got in and I got it cleaned up today that's what I did today I I I did the seats last week uh and I steam cleaned the underneath I did the process of taking my uh, cleaning solution and hot water in a one gallon multi-sprayer and I applied that to my seats. I ran the drill brush over it and then I just put rinse water in my carpet extractor to pull up the cleaning solution. Now I suggest highly that when you go to clean your car seats in the interior upholstery in your car you want to have a little bit of time in between the um, in between when you put um, the the cleaning solution on. Uh, you definitely want that. You want the seats to kind of get drier before you lay down a second coat. And the reason for that is you don't want water to seep down into the foam or the un the sub layer of your carpet. Uh, or the upholstery on the seats and that can also be a big issue of setting up mold um, but if you do go back to back and clean it 
whether you go back to back or you give it some time in between the scrubs and the extracting, um, you want to clean your seats until the water that you're extracting from the seat is running clear. You will notice a change in the smell of the seat and that will let you know that even if there is a stain that's left behind, that lets you know that the carpet or the upholstery is actually clean. Um, so I really love that I invested in my own portable carpet extractor. I think it's a Bissell Pro Heat Pet. Uh, I wish I would have gone with the Plus Professional, which was going to be about $60 more. Um, I, I'll get it eventually, but right now, after I almost returned this extractor because I was having so many issues with the, um, with the dirty water tank not seeding right and it was causing a massive leak and it was disgusting. So once I got that fixed, everything has been great since then and it's very easy to break down the hoses and stuff and clean them <clears throat> to make sure you're not, uh, like when you're using the extraction tools, you do want to clean those afterwards because you don't want to recontaminate a section that you've already cleaned. So also clean your extractors, the, the tool attachments, I mean. Um, I was very, I don't know why I was so nervous to do this at first. <laughs> but after watching enough detailing videos and just seeing what did and didn't work for people, I studied up on what I felt was going to work for me and not work for me. And being as this was a more extensive detail, um, I really enjoyed the process and I really loved getting to take this part and, and do it entirely on my own. And get more comfortable with it. Because it's something I've always done. But I've never done the whole take the seats out of the vehicle. And just get into every little crevice. And that's what I'm doing right now. And it does take time though. If you're doing this at home, it does take time. So be sure and clear a day or you know, two days. Uh, depending on how nasty your car is. Another thing I highly suggest is getting a brush of some sort that you can uh, pull up hair that's stuck in that car upholstery. I think it's called impossible carpet, whatever. Just find something like a Furminator, not a Furminator, like a, uh, the pumice stone or a, a brush that is specifically for removing hair and fur from clothing and upholstery. Uh, before you go into vacuum or during you vac during the process of vacuuming actually and that way you're not going to have that build up and clog up your carpet extractor when you go in to do the washing bit um another thing i did on my seats after i extracted as much as possible was i used my interior detailer I sprayed down all of the plastic and then I used a heat gun to revive the red on the seatbelt buckles. And let me tell you, they look almost brand new. There's scratches still, uh, but they just look worlds better. And when you're cleaning the driver's side seat, you do got to be mindful that there is a cord that you will plug back in once you put your seat back in because that controls the electronics on your seat if they are electric seats so just be mindful of not getting those wet and not getting the electronical device itself in your seat wet that is another reason i suggest taking breaks and not going back to back um just spraying water over and over on your seats to clean them uh because you're more likely to prevent any water from getting into those electrical components um one of the other things that I really appreciated <laughs> was the amount of time you don't spend scrubbing with a drill brush. That is just a beautiful thing and I really, really appreciate that. And so if you're kind of a, like, if you like to learn about cleaning, hopefully you appreciate that as well. Um, 
so I extracted the seats and on the passenger side seat I seriously wondered if it was blood for a second because it kind of looked like a crime when I was saturating the back of the seat and then I realized when I first got the car 18 months ago that when we bought it and I was cleaning it out there was an empty coke bottle in that in the pocket on the back passenger seat and as I'm cleaning it I it like I have that flashback and I'm like oh it wasn't an empty bottle it was a leaking bottle and it had leaked coca-cola all over that seat so when I went to do the interior carpet today I knew exactly what I was in for (laughs) when it came to soaking and extracting and letting the cleaner dwell until I got in with the scrub scrub brush and the extractor um to be honest doing the front two seats seemed harder to me than doing the interior that I did today um the passenger side wasn't bad on the front part of the interior floorboard but the back part where that coca-cola had been it wasn't just on the back of the passenger seat it was on the floor it was on the rear passenger seat it was it was a bit of a hassle but I got it done and my car looks great it's dried out and tomorrow I'll fix my steering wheel issue since the seats are out that gives me a lot more room to work in there and I'll be able to knock that issue out no problem and then uh, and then we can tackle the uh, <laughs> the two flat tires that I've gotten even though this car has gone nowhere because I currently can't drive yay so i what was i gonna say shoot oh i was going to take the center console area out to extract the carpets underneath it and then it dawned on me that i plan to put down fat mat in this car at a later time and i do intend to take out the interior liner to reupholster the the headliner or at least glue it back. I haven't decided yet. And I was just like, you know what? Center console doesn't need to come out today. We can save that for another time. Because when I take that carpet out, I will clean it again. And I'll just get those spots then. So if... And a part of me did feel like I was cutting corners with that. But at the same time, everything is going to have to come back out again. But for now, my car desperately, desperately, the interior upholstery needed to be cleaned. It needed a deep clean, and that is what I was able to accomplish today. And I was very happy about that. Um, up next is, besides the steering wheel thing, uh, we'll, have, we'll be replacing the donut gasket and rehanging the muffler. And I can't remember what else. I wrote a list down with my dad. And now I can't find it. And so I'll see if it's still with him. Or if I just left it somewhere else. Out in the shop or something. Um, so that was, that was how cleaning my seats went for me. And something I do want to touch on. That I did do a little bit of research. Because the next segment is going to be about safety and weather because of what we just went through don't know if we'll go through it again this season but i do want to touch on that um when i was taking my seats out of my car the two front bolts on both seats not the rear ones the rear ones were so tough to get out that i had to have my dad help me but the ones on the fronts of the seats my son undid like nothing like he barely pushed the socket and or or the ratcheting wrench Uh, I forgot the names of tools I'm really bad about that and I'm really sorry and I'm gonna get better I promise um (laughs) it's late I'm tired but I also have no excuse I just I forget the names of things sometimes I apologize and I love you guys for listening to me ramble um but yeah, he barely turned it and it started to unscrew without any problem. And I was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is that like that? 
So I, yeah, some, just a suggestion to you guys, something I hadn't even been thinking of because I'd been driving around with these seats in this car for 18 months like that with the bolts barely tightened on the front. So after some research, um, they're, they should be tight. They should be tight. They should be snug. It should take you a little bit to get them loosened. Why they were loose, I do not know. But you know how, like, you feel like something isn't going right. This isn't going right. You're constant. You feel like you're constantly, you know, getting stonewalled, or there's another obstacle in the way. Well, when it comes to this car, like, and and my health issues, I kind of have a appreci- an appreciation of like, you know, whatever the reason was. There obviously was a reason why I couldn't drive my car, and I feel like this is it. This was part of it for sure. Because um, if your seats are not bolted down properly, especially in used cars, please double check the bolts on your front seats and your middle seats if you're buying a larger vehicle. Um, that can cause some very massive damage in a, in a motor vehicle accident. So that is something to think on. If you go to buy a, new, a used car, please check the bolts. That are bolting down the seats. <laughs> and also check the bolts on the seat belts. Anyway. Uh, sorry. to I don't mean to scare you. But that is just the sheer reality of it. <clears throat> um, just something to double check for a safety measure. Now with the winter weather this last week. Obviously I'm not able to drive. I didn't go anywhere. I was able to stay safe and warm. And I'm at a sp- part in my life right now where I'm very frustrated that from a financial standpoint I can't help out a ton I can't help out a lot and one of my goals with this podcast is eventually to be able to give away some type of automotive gift card or service or something to help people out because I just genuinely love to help people out and one of my even bigger up there dreams is to be able to once a year flip a car to just give away to someone I would really really love to do that and so as long as I'm doing this podcast those are going to be things that I'm going to be working for to just as an appreciation to my listeners because I want to be able to find a way to say thank you for taking your time to come to my channel to listen to me and get advice and get information and hear about the laughable experiences of me getting back into the automotive world Um, I saw that the Daytona 500 down in Florida had over like 30,000 people at it and I'm sitting here going, I've barely left my house in a year. And while I was excited for the race and I was happy to, to catch bits and pieces of the race, I was angry. And I'm going to talk about that for a second. I was angry. I am angry. And if you're angry and you're frustrated, that's okay. We can be angry. We can be frustrated. But we can't stay there. We got, we, we can be mad at situations. And from the things that have happened in the last few years of my life, I have plenty of anger to go around. But... If that anger does not serve me a purpose and does not and harms the people around me emotionally or physically, which I'm not, I don't get physically violent, but like I said, if, if that is an issue that you come, that you have to struggle with, I am sorry. Um, some people do and we have to find ways, healthy ways healthy, healthy ways to have an outlet, to be able to talk to someone about it. And so when I started to re-record this, I was just like, I'm not going to talk about that, but I am, I am going to talk about it because it's been a hard year on a lot of people. I've lost a family member to COVID. I've had 
several family members almost not make it like a lot of other people um and i'm immune compromised i'm my son's only available parent and that gets that gets terrifying at times that that truly does get terrifying but we get up and we are present and it's a struggle sometimes so don't be so hard on yourselves even if it's 10 minutes hiding in the bathroom from your kids or telling your significant other that you need 10 minutes of space to breathe and recollect yourself don't be afraid to voice that because we all have needs and wants and emotions and struggles and one of my biggest my biggest Angers, this chip on my shoulder that I had been carrying around for a little bit was uh, right before COVID hit, I was super excited to, to get to a place. I was so close to being to a place to where I wasn't going to have to live with family anymore. And that was going to get out and be on my own for my son and I. And then COVID hit and I wasn't cleared to go back to work. And... It just kept, it just felt like the, the punches kept coming. And so I think in November, I didn't say it directly on here, but I, I, I had to take a little bit of a break because I wasn't good for myself. I wasn't good for my son. I felt like I had nothing new to share with you guys. And, and even though I did, I had, I have pages of it around here somewhere. (laughs) along with that list I gave off to my dad or left in the shop you know I had the material but I didn't have the spirit or the energy and I was I just felt so drained I was drained from the medication uh changes I was drained from what I'm personally dealing with I was drained from being an only parent and I was drained in just I think on just every level, I I was drained, and I started having that feeling of, I am a failure, I am not a good person, I am this, I am that, a lot of negative, ugly self-talk, and so guys, if you're going through that, don't listen to it, live out of spite, <laughs> um, I want to see you here tomorrow and the next day and the next day because everyone is going through struggles and they're not always the same but whatever the struggle is it's hard it's hard to process it's hard to understand and so we also have a choice to make and I hope that everyone as much as possible is choosing to be kind right now and another thing I was feeling was I felt kind of stupid for what I say on here when it comes to thanking essential workers and truck drivers and teachers and everyone who is working right now because they are keeping the world turning. But I can't describe to you guys how much I sincerely mean that, how much I appreciate truck drivers, educators, nurses, doctors, um, everyone right now. Because a lot of them are, you know, everyone is seeing the reality on this at different levels and in different ways and different points of views. And, um, And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for these people. And I hate, I'm so ready for this to be over because I want them home with their families every night. I don't want anyone to catch this illness. I don't want anyone to lose their life from it. And so while it might seem like the numbers are down in your area, please 
I cannot stress this enough. If you really want to thank those essential workers, stay home. Stay home. Work from home as much as possible. I completely understand if that's not an option. I completely understand if your kids are going to school so you can go to work so you guys can survive. I understand that. And if I have any anger about the situation, it's not going to be at you having to do that. It's going to be at someone else that's making it the only option for you. And... I don't have much in the way of power, money, etc. So mm, you can take my words with a grain of salt. But I get angry over situations like that. Because I do feel powerless. And like I said, you know, I was very, I had just become bitter about the entire situation on a very selfish level back in November. And I wanted to do something, anything, and I couldn't. And the only thing I could do, especially when we started the medication adjustments, was I had to rest. I had to rest. I had to regroup. Um, I also, I was also very upset that I wasn't getting my, I wasn't able to expand my wood shop sooner. And I'm, I, I'm not living just my son and I am still living with family I still have all of these things going on and I was just like I'm so selfish because at least I have a roof over my head at least I have food at least I have water at least I have these things and I am very grateful for those things and so that immediately sent me into that spiral of feeling bad and that did nothing for me that did not serve a purpose and so I truly asked myself what's going to help me What's going to get me out of this? What's going to help me get back to finding a way out? And so I just had to let, like, I don't know if this is like, if it's like this for other people, but there are times where the anger is literally the only thing that gets me through my day is just being angry. I'm not angry at anyone in general, but there is a rage inside me. And that is the only thing that gets me to propel my feet forward to keep functioning throughout the day. And then there's other days where I am fine. I am happy. I am good. Life is life is not exactly good right now, but we got it under control. And I can still say, I was happy today. I had a good laugh today. And so... I say that a lot, so... <laughs> With all of that, it just took time to recollect and regroup. And I had family members voicing their opinions on what I was doing wrong, and I wasn't doing this, and I wasn't doing that. By their opinion. I wasn't doing it by their opinion of what I should be doing. But it was about what I needed and I needed to take time to regroup and figure out how the next couple of years of my life are going to go. And that is what I have been doing. Because if I hadn't, I don't know. I, I don't know what would have happened. You know, like, I would still be here, obviously. I would still be going through day by day, but I would have been mentally checked out not present for my child and not okay I just would not have been okay and so I took that time and I don't regret it but I do feel bad for not having content so hopefully from here on out I will have more content I will go back to being more consistent and keeping it to two two to four episodes a month and I'm excited about that because a few weeks ago, after losing my uncle, I was not excited about a single thing, guys. I was not. And I feel like that is something a lot of us can relate to right now. So I'm not going to cry. And also, that's a nice reminder. It is okay to cry and release that emotion. 
that hurt, that sadness. It is okay to cry. But for me right now, I gotta carry on with this podcast. So that was my teary-eyed moment. Uh, next, we're going to talk about weather. Now, a couple of podcasts back, I talked about what you need to carry in your car during a winter emergency. Now, that changes between spring and fall. You want to change over what you have in your vehicle between the summer. For to, You want to change over your winter stuff at the very end of spring when you're not going to have any more freezes. And you're not traveling to anywhere where there's going to be snow. And I have the hiccups. I'm sorry. And you want to change over to being, you know, prepped for the heat. Because um, we can carry it around with us 24-7 in our cars. But that takes up room. So my suggestion to you guys is to have a to have a bag that you can change out of your car to keep you know a first aid kit snow chains um a a foldable shovel uh blankets and i can't remember what else was on that i think i had like candle candles um and a few other things Now, one of these things I did teach at a Girl Scout conference a couple of years ago, and a woman tagged my mom in a Facebook post a few days ago, and I was just like, I taught her that. Oh my gosh, I taught her that. And so I'm going to share that little trick with you here now. If you ever catch yourself in your vehicle and it's cold and you are stuck, I want you to take a very a small paint can that will fit a roll of toilet paper inside of it. You'll take a roll of toilet paper, you'll stick it inside that paint can, and it needs to be very snug inside that paint can. So take a roll of toilet paper with you to like Lowe's and find one that fits it. <laughs> and um, and then you take the cardboard tube out of the center of the toilet paper, and you douse that entire roll of toilet paper and alcohol until there's a little a very minor amount sitting at the bottom but make sure that the toilet paper is fully saturated and then you're going to stick a lid on it and you're going to tape a box of matches to the side of it now that is your emergency heater that will heat your car for I can't remember how many hours but it is hours that it will heat your car You can also keep a candle, a scented candle or a non-scented candle, as long as it's in a glass jar and you have something to set it on so the bottom does not get hot, you can keep a candle in your car as well. But if you do the alcohol paint can one, you have to have a way to make sure that you can crack your window or crack your door so you have ventilation and you don't (laughs) gas yourself. So, very important safety tip. Very, very important safety tip on that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. You want to keep a bit of rock salt in your car. Um, what we did with the freeze, because I'd never seen it get below zero degrees here in Oklahoma. I think except for maybe one night a few years ago. And it, it wasn't even that, it was like 40, 40 or 48 degrees by the time the sun rose. It was very weird. And so we, I spent a majority of the storm with my grandmother because I did not want her to be alone. And so what we did was we took heaters, electric heaters, because she had power. We took electric heaters and we stuck them Uh, we opened the doors to all of the sinks and we stuck an electric heater on the drain and then we left the water running because if we hadn't had the heaters on the drains it absolutely would have caused a um my battery is dying guys on my laptop and I don't know why because it's supposed to be plugged in but apparently it's not hang on just a second Okay, we're back. Sorry about that. Um, One of the cords to the laptop charger, like, just unplugged. That was it. Uh, Okay, so, 
<laughs> um, yeah, having your car weather ready, depending on the situation. So for the winter, you want to have a thing of rock salt, a foldable shovel, um, tire chains that you can carry with you. There's some that kind of look like bungee straps. If you can find those, be sure and set those aside. And everything. And have that in one backpack. And if you can spare another backpack for the summer, you want to have your water, your sunscreen, like a little electric fan, uh, sunglasses, a foldable like little hat, um, and a tarp. Because if you have to get on the ground, or a tarp, or you can use your floor mats if you have to get on the ground and work on your vehicle. And your floor mats come in handy if you need traction to get your vehicle out of the snow. Or mud. I see a lot of people criticizing what's occurred in Texas. And I have a lot of family and friends in Texas. And so that really kind of just, I was just like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um... If we we're in the northern states, of course we'd be used to this. And people were like, oh, they're just complaining about, you know, like, not even a half foot of snow. And I was just like, it's not the snow. It is how cold it got and for how long it stayed cold. And the fact that the power grid in Texas is deregulated and was not prepared, winterized nothing to supply the people of Texas with what they needed electric-wise. So, then we also have uh, the matter of how these houses are built and how the roads are built and everything. They are not used to snow. They are not used to ice. It's Texas. It gets stupid hot. Um, the way the houses are built, they're built for heat. They're built for high temperatures. And a, a small story about myself. When I went to... Tacoma, Washington back in like 2011. When I left Dallas, it was 115 degrees on the tarmac that day. One of one of the turbines actually had an oil fire, caught fire, and we had to go back, get off the plane, and get on another plane. But when I got to Tacoma, Washington in the middle of July, and I'm used to 115 degree Fahrenheit heat for like three months, and then you go to a different state where it's huh, 45 degrees when I got there. It was 45 degrees Fahrenheit. I was just like, oh, wait, what? This is about five months too early for me. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. So it was a shock to my system. But everyone jokes that my friends there joke that I brought the Oklahoma summer with me because it was one of the hottest summers that uh Seattle and Tacoma had seen in a while I was like 80 degrees for three of the days I was there I was like you're welcome and then on the last day I'm like shivering in a coat taking my friend's dog to a dog park and these two ladies are sitting there in tank tops and shorts and they're like oh where are you from why do you think this is cold and I was just like oh I'm from Oklahoma and they're like oh so like what is it like you know it it, it must get kind of warm there I was like I was like it was 115 when I left the other day and they're like oh my gosh I couldn't handle that I'd die 80 degree weather was too much for me the other day and I was just like <laughs> that would be a miracle if we had 80 degree heat in the summer the entire summer like that's perfect for me I love 80 degrees it's beautiful but yeah I it was a shock but also I like the cold. And when my dad was just like, be sure and have a fire going in your room. Here's a fun story. Uh, I don't know what happened. I can't quite remember what events transpired, but something important, semi-important transpired. And I ended up not getting to bring any wood in before the storm hit. I had no... I had... I have three logs left. I have three logs. That That's what I had to work with. And I could not keep the fire what was in there. I could not get it to light to save my life. 
and I was just like, well, okay. So we did some MacGyvering with some fans, and we got heat into my room specifically to blow on the water lines that are in my room because I do live in a garage and there's water lines in here and I had to make sure that those suckers did not freeze over so yeah any of the wood I I needed was covered in not just snow snow wouldn't have been an issue but they were caked in ice and glued fused together with ice and by the time I found this out I was already at my grandmother's I was helping her get ready with her stuff and I was just like, oh, okay. And my dad was just like, don't worry, we got it. We'll get it figured out. But at the time I was freaking out because I felt like, oh my gosh, this is my fault. I didn't get the wood inside. It is my fault. And he's just like, no, you're fine. It'll be fine. So they got it figured out. Everything miraculously went okay for us this time. There have been times in the past where it has not been that great. Um, We've had a few house fires and a few field fires here. And those have been very, very scary. Um, but we didn't have anything of the sort. None of our faucets froze. No pipes busted. Nothing. We did have some family members that had some issues. But again, it wasn't that bad. Now I know I'm getting off track. But I'm going to get back on track. So... With your winter preparedness, also have gloves in your car. Make sure you got gloves, work gloves, and, you know, some type of thermal glove in the winter and a thinner glove in the summer. Um, keep some water, but if you do keep water in your car during the winter, put it in something insulated so it doesn't bust all over your car or make sure there is enough air inside the bottle to where if the water does expand it doesn't cause the bottle to explode um those are just some things to think about now on i will retouch on summer preparedness probably at the end of march is when i'm going to retouch on winter uh winter summer preparedness because everyone's just like I'm so ready for the summer and I'm like I know we just went through a winter storm but I really honestly provided I didn't have to be out in it I couldn't drive anywhere uh, or anything like that so I was just like I love it I loved it but I didn't lose power and we we are still having to conserve water but we still had access to water um and that brings me to my next point because I did, so I cleaned the interior of my car today, but when I first heard of a winter storm, and here's another thing with the weather in Texas, um, most of the time when we get a notification for <laughs> snow, it's just like, oh, we've got snow coming and it like, it snows in the morning and by the afternoon it's melted and then we just go on with our lives and um, it didn't do that this time it turned into ice <laughs> so I've had that happen in the past when I was in college we had a snowstorm that was like it lasted two weeks I got the flu my son and my ex got the flu I got over the flu turns out I had type a flu they had type b flu I get over my flu and they give me type b flu so I had the flu for the entire two weeks we were snowed in from a snowstorm so being as now, after I learned from that whole situation where I was in college trying to still get classes done <laughs> during a weather emergency um, with an infant that had the flu, or not infant, um, he wasn't, he was almost a toddler. Um, I learned that if something says I, possible freeze or possible snow, in the days before, the moment I know, I just go to Walmart. I don't wait. I don't put it off. I don't go, oh, we'll be fine. No, I don't do that anymore. I went to Walmart the Monday before the ice was supposed to hit. And I am so glad I did. My parents were like, we don't need anything, you know, dire. And I was just like, but have you checked the weather? And they're like, oh, it's not going to be so bad. I'm like, have you checked the weather? Well, it turns out. We had a week and a half of our children being home. And so that, the fact that I did go kind of cray cray 
with getting everything on their list and making sure we had a few backups in case anyone else needed something that couldn't drive or couldn't go to the store or didn't have the money we still wanted to be able to help out do we hoard no no we don't do that that's just not okay like we are not that up there but we did get enough to say hey this will last us this many days so we got what we needed and we made meals ahead and we and we essentially we hunkered down we prepared and we still didn't know what was going to happen because yeah but we had kids home for a week and a half we had ice we had snow we had branches falling around here it was getting pretty stressful and so I'm glad I made that trip to the grocery store um so just for you guys if you if you get a weather warning and even if it doesn't seem like it's not going to be a big deal just take the precaution go to the store pick up some extra stuff if you are able and if anyone is generous or kind enough don't be afraid to ask if someone has something extra just in case because hopefully you'll be able to return the favor at a later time so those are my very late night ideas and our experience of what we did during the storm i also got <laughs> we have skis by the way and where i live there are no hills but my son and i did take the opportunity to take skis out and go flatland skiing cross-country skiing and so he got to learn how to use ski boots and put the skis on and use the poles and i taught him a few things so once eventually when we get out of here and we are able to socialize and be in the public again i will be able to take him somewhere and take him skiing because i know he would absolutely love that he was so excited to try that so up next um some things i want to think about okay so this is still on my heart i want to be able to eventually give you guys freebies and things like that but i'm gonna have to find a way to get more sponsors or something so i'm gonna be in contact with autozone and then i also do still want to i've been talking about this for several episodes i want to get um someone from ems emt uh services on here uh maybe an emergency room nurse and uh police to discuss just some vehicular safety and their experiences and and what they advise to other drivers to help keep us safe as, along with hot shotters and truckers i want them on here too to discuss their experiences and what they prefer um or not prefer what they advise and what came in handy for them what was the learning curve the experience for making them a better driver and you know how they took care of their vehicle and how they maintained it i want to be able to provide those types of things on here for you guys to learn and listen from so um the last thing oh that was the other thing when we were preparing on monday i don't know why i did this I had already put the water in my, oh, I know why, because I thought I had time to still do the interior on my car. I had already put the water in my uh, reservoir tank on my carpet cleaner and in my multi-sprayer, and it just sat there, and I just added the cleaning solutions to them today. So that was handy, because, like I said, we're trying to conserve what water we have, and I was just like, well, this was reserved for this, so I did feel better about it and i'm not uh, that was the other thing so if you're in a place where you're having to conserve water and yes there was a little bit of a kerfuffle with car washes being opened the moment the water got turned back on here in McAllister, um what i'm going to advise to you if you're in a place where you have to conserve water if you if you hate your car being dirty stick it out okay stick it out wait until water is more readily available for you to wash your car but clean your windows use alcohol uh in a half and half ratio to clean the exterior and get some defogger you can do the rain x or you can use the gel shaving foam 
shaving cream from Walmart on the interior to keep them from fogging up. But you want visibility on your windows. I'm not going to get into tires tonight. I, you know, I, I pretty much said, you know, get some snow chains to keep in your car for your tires. That's about all I'm going to touch about on that because I am running out of time. Um, but, uh, yeah. Those are things that you can do until you can get your car washed and get it looking nice, shiny, and new and pretty again. But for now, we are having to conserve resources. We got to make sure our animals and our humans, <laughs> we got to make sure the people and the livestock is staying alive during all of this, which unfortunately, we lost a chicken, but we didn't lose any cows or rabbits, thankfully. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of starting to, to stumble on my words and stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and call it. Uh, thank you guys for listening so, 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 so much. I love you guys. I hope you're staying safe and warm. Please, if you do not have to go out, stay home. I know it is hard and frustrating. Believe me. I know that. Um, I am going to say it because I, I, I truly do appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who is able to work right now. Thank you to everyone who is finding a way to work safer and smarter and healthier for your family and for those around you. Thank you for that. Thank you to our truckers, our hotshotters. Thank you to every doctor, nurse, administration, across the board in the medical field, techs, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you to our teachers. Thank you to our city workers. I appreciate you all. Remember, check your oil, change your oil, rotate your tires when you change your oil. This is Julie, Julie in the Red, Jeep Girl. I love you guys. Stay safe, stay home, stay hydrated, and you have a good night. If my mouse will move to stop the recording. <laughs>